Do you read your Bible? Well, I tell you, we got to read our Bible. Amen. So let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. I got some really good verses out of Hebrews that I want to read to you. And, and I want to continue our, our sermon series on good grief. Good grief, learning the lost, learning the lost art of lament, lamenting. I would, maybe by next week, I can have my own definition of lament. It'd be something that, that is aggressively, something that is deep-rooted in the character of God. That just speaks to me so much. So if you can learn anything out of this series, learn that, that faith, that prayer, the lamenting, the heartache, the pain, is something that is deep-rooted in the character of God. I think that's why God has raised us up. I think this is why this church is here, is to, to bring the church to a place, because we got systems. We have our own system. We have our own systems. We have, our, we have more faith in systems than we do Scripture. We have more faith in systems than we do Jesus. That's why we pray for Israel and we don't pray for the Palestinians get off the boat come on get off that boat Orlando you got something to preach about but you know what I'm talking about here this morning you want me to talk about what's going on in the Middle East I'll talk about what's going on in the Middle East you want to talk about last days I'm not waiting for an antichrist I'm waiting for Jesus Christ I'm not looking for a mark of the beast I'm looking for the mark of the lamb what? There's a mark in the lamb? Yeah, go read Revelations. Go read it again. There's a mark of the lamb. <laughs> listen, listen. But this is, this is, this is what I, I, I want to talk about because, see, I'm, I'm, I've been reading my Bible. <laughs> and I was reading Mark. Actually, I was listening to Mark. And I seen something that I want to interject here before I begin. So in Mark chapter 2, now I can't go there, so I, I, I got to hurry up. I, 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 we are in Hebrews chapter 4. <laughs> But I want to show you something because, see, we, you know, we judged the disciples and I was judging the disciples. I was judging the disciples because in Mark chapter 4, um, this man gets lowered, okay, this, this man gets lowered to Jesus because of the crowd. This house was full and there was a crowd and, and this man is sick and he got friends with him. And Christy, you preached about this sermon. You preached on this thing. It was a good sermon. And it was talking about getting to Jesus. That sometimes we got to make a way, amen, corporately. We got to get people to Jesus. So this is what these people are doing. They want to get to Jesus. And this is in Mark chapter 4, I believe. And, or chapter 5 somewhere. You go read your Bible. Go read it. It's somewhere in there. And, 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 and so they're trying to get to Jesus. They can't go through it. They can't go around it. So they're going to go over it. So they go over to get to Jesus. They lower the man down. They, lower, they tore a, a hole and the, on the roof of Jesus' house. Okay, so Jesus is in his house and they tore a, a, a hole and Jesus looks up and the Bible says that he saw their faith. In other words, what they were doing. <laughs> their faith acted out in love and compassion for their friend. They lowered their friend, watch this, so they can heal, so Jesus can heal the man. Mark 2. So they can heal the man, and Jesus says this, your sins are forgiven. He needs a, he needs a healing, but Jesus is declaring that his sins are forgiven. He needs a healing. Jesus is not praying for his healing, but he's praying for his salvation. And God gives him a redemption, a word of redemption that redeemed his soul. He says, your sins are forgiven. 
Now, there are some Pharisees out here on the outer skirts listening to what Jesus is saying. And the narrator, the, the writer of Mark, Mark himself writes in little quotations. He says, and when Jesus declared, your sins are forgiven, they're saying or they're thinking in their head. They're thinking this. They're thinking this. Only God can forgive sins. So if Jesus is declaring your sins are forgiven, <laughs> what is he saying? That he's God. And then <laughs> he looks at the Pharisees and all those around them. He says, listen, so that you would know that the Son of Man not only has power to forgive sins, but to bring restoration and healing. He looks at the man, grabs him by the hand, and he lifts him up. And he says, rise up and walk. And he looks around, he said, which is easier? Watch this, which is easier to declare your sins are forgiven or rise up and walk? Because the people were ticked off that he's declaring people to be ceremonially clean. He's declaring this man to be clean. He says, your sins are forgiven. What's to be was to, to have the knowledge and the wisdom. Watch this. He's not a high priest. He's not in the temple. Jesus is in his house and he's declaring a man to be ceremonially clean, not only just clean, but healed. And the people are ticked off because only God can do that. Then that lets me know when I'm reading the book of Mark that God is declaring and Peter is saying because Peter's telling Mark and Mark's writing it down. That's how the book of Mark came to us. Come on, somebody. So Peter is telling Mark that Jesus is God. He's God. Now, I got a couple of chapters over, and I think it's Mark chapter 4. <laughs> Jesus tells his disciples, let's get to the other side. We got to get to the other side. We're going to the other side. There's someone over there that I got to talk to. Let's get to the other side. So the Bible says that Jesus gets on the boat with his disciples, and guess what Jesus does? Man, Jesus just, he's just asleep, man, just He's taking a nap. I'm telling you, you're not a true Christian if you don't take naps. He turns you over. This is how God does it. This is how God causes it. He steps back. He said, okay, what are you going to do now? What do you think the pandemic was about? We were, but before the, the pandemic hit, every 30 minutes, there was a millionaire being made in America, and we were praising the man instead of God. Don't shout me down. Don't tell me that, because I'll preach it. I'll get myself arrested. <laughs> yeah, 30 minutes. Every 30 minutes, billionaires. There were billionaires left and right. Even Kylie Jenner made billionaire status. Then pandemic hit. Huh. You know what happened here in America? You know what happened around the world? I said, okay. You think it's you? You think it's your own doing? I'll back up. And this is what happened here is the disciples, listen, they forgot who was on the boat. They forgot that God was on the boat with them. What a statement. What scriptures is that? And so we, we come to church and we're praying for the United States of America. We're praying for the Palestinians and the Israelites, ladies and gentlemen. What can I do in that conflict? This has been a 50-year conflict. Even longer than that, what is going on in here? I mean, no president has able to brought any type of peace. I mean, the only one that I've ever seen even come close to anything is, is Jared Kushner. 
Right before Trump left, he was able to do some peace out in the Middle East, but even that doesn't last long. But listen, listen, listen to me. So when we look in the world, and then, and then you got that, okay? So you're watching CNN, <laughs> you got all that, and then people are calling you, your friends and your family. So it just starts piling up. It's compounding now. <laughs> you're thinking, forget the Middle East. I got my own family on drugs. I got my own kids not wanting to come to church. <laughs> I, I, I got my own friends that wanted to listen to me talk about Jesus. There's a reality that is real. Here in this world, this world, this world is broken. This world is broken. So through our brokenness and our disappointment, the space between the brokenness and God's mercy is where this lament happens. This is what happens between that, between the brokenness and God's mercy is where lament happens, where people go to the promises of God. They go to the realities of God. There's where it is. Think of lament as a transition between the pain and the promise. It's the pass. It's, it is the path from a heartbreak to hope. This is where it's at. This is, you're depressed. This is where it happens. You're dealing with some sexual sin. This is where it happens. You're dealing with some suicidal thoughts. You're, you're, you're dealing with some sin in your life that, that, that keeps over you. You can't break from it. This is where it happens. This is between the brokenness and the disappointment, the space between God's mercy and the brokenness. This is where it's at. It's the art. This is what we're preaching. This is what we're talking about you. It's, it's scripture. It's in the Bible. This is what every Christian, first century Christianity till, till today. Now, charismatics, we don't know. We, charismatics don't like pain. We don't like uncomfortability. How many of you like control over everything that happens in your life? Yes, I do. Well, let me give you some more bad news. You wish you would have stayed home, wouldn't you, huh? You wish. I, this guy... Seriously, he's, he's making me mad. He's over up. Well, let me give you some more bad news. Let me help you. There's things in your life that you'll never be able to control. I said there's things in your life that you'll never be able to control. The, the disciples could not control the storm, but the one that could was in the boat. <laughs> and they had their eyes on the storm instead of the one that was in the boat. They forgot that the sovereignty, the son, the living God, the son of man was there on the boat who had the power. Come on. He had the power not just to forgive sins, but bring healing to a physical man, physical, a man that was sick and, and, and had, had an ailment in his body. That is powerful. That is so awesome, amen? And so let me give you this. Questions plus the character of God. Questions plus... The character of God, we're doing a little bit of math here. Questions plus the character of God equals this, the wisdom of God. So I'm not necessarily looking for the answer. I'm looking for God. I'm looking for his wisdom. I need his wisdom. I don't know how to raise these kids. I need his wisdom. I don't know how to deal with Christy. I need his wisdom. She doesn't know how to deal with me. I'm many-sided. I'm many-sided. I'm, 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 I'm iPhone now. Just a couple of weeks, I was all Samsung Galaxy. Now I switched over, and, and I'm driving Christy crazy right now. Listen, listen. She needs the wisdom of God. So questions in your life. There, there's nothing wrong with questions. Christians have questions. <clears throat> Atheists have questions. We make it like it's some big thing. God's not afraid of your questions. Do you want me to tell you the truth or not? 
questions plus the character of God. Faith, watch this, faith is deep-rooted in the character of God. Your faith is deep-rooted in the character of God. And God is not an angry God. God is a loving God. He's a loving God. So look at Hebrews um, Hebrews chapter 14. I'm going to read some scriptures to you because I want to talk about, here just for a few moments, I want to talk about coming to the throne of God. Coming to the throne of God. How dare you come to God and pray about the Middle East? Well, who else are we going to go to? How dare you come and pray for our president and the United States of America? Well, who else is going to help us? The experts? I don't think so. They don't even know how many masks we should wear. (laughs) I went to Sands yesterday. Nobody was wearing a mask, only me. Then I took off the mask and got to Target and got to put my mask back on because everybody was wearing a mask. I'm like, I'm confused. Please, somebody help me. Do I wear a mask or not wear a mask? I don't need the experts. We don't need the experts. We don't need the experts. <laughs> I need God. We need the wisdom of God. We need to care. Listen, listen to his character. What has God done for you? You can't lose sight of the testimony of your life. You can't lose sight of the story of your life. Come on. You can't lose what God has done for you. When Israel went out of Egypt and God went to Egypt and delivered them, that was a, a marker in their life. And any time they faced an enemy, they thought about Egypt. They, their faith was fueled with the story of Egypt. We got the gospel. Not only do we have Egypt, but we have the gospel. We have the cross. So when I'm facing temptation, when I'm facing grief, when I'm going through trial and tribulation, and I need a God that is faithful and good and promised, he follows every promise, and he's a promising God, and he keeps his promise. Promises. He is gracious, he is giving, and he is generous. Not only, I don't just don't think about Egypt and what he did there, but I think about what he did at the cross. That's the character of God. And that's what this Hebrews guy, this pastor, no one really knows who wrote Hebrews, but he's definitely a pastor. And he's writing to some people in chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10. You're going through some, these people are going through some things. Their, their, their belongings are being confiscated. They're, they're, the Romans are coming into their homes and, and really putting a lot of pressure. And so he's talking to them how Jesus is greater than the temple, how Jesus is greater than the angels, that how Jesus is greater than the Levitical priesthood, how Jesus has a better covenant and better promises, and how Jesus is the image of God. And he comes to redeem the world. He comes to redeem me and you. And he says, this kind is our high priest. Watch this. This is what he says. He says, therefore, since we have a great high priest, we have a representative in the heavens. Think about this. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. (laughs) Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. In other words, he is able to sympathize or he knows exactly what you're going through. Years ago, I'll say this real quick. Years ago, I was having a little pity party. You know exactly what I'm going through? (laughs) And he said, Orlando, I thirst. I was a little ticked off. 
And I was being a smarty pants. I go, scripture and verse. And I turned to where he was on the cross. And he said, I thirst right before he died. And they brought vinegar and myrrh. And they gave it to him. He says, Orlando, I've been thirsty before. I know what it's all about. We have a high priest, Jesus, who, who is who is. Uh, who, is, uh, uh, who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted on every way as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. That's what I want to talk to you about, boldness here. Let us approach the throne of God with boldness. That's what me and Brian did. That's what we all did here this morning. We went before the throne of God. Christ, the high priest, was our representative. We were praying. Jesus was praying. Get this, get the picture of this. Picture this. Seriously, get it in, get in your head. Now, Jesus might be a white Jesus to you. That's fine. To me right now, he's brown. He's a Mexican Jesus. So when I imagine Jesus, he's brown. <laughs> But imagine Jesus. When we were praying here, he was praying there. <laughs> and Joe, Joe, Joe probably, uh, Joe would ask me, Dad, is he wearing a sombrero? Is he wearing a hat? Jesus doesn't wear. He wears a turban, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's like, how do you bring me into this? <laughs> he might have tacos. Think about this. When we were praying this morning, Jasmine, when we were praying this morning, it was the job of the high priest to represent the people of Israel. Ultimately, the whole world, really, if you read the scriptures. But, but they, were, they were the Levitical priesthood would go into the temple, and then only one of them, out of thousands of them, there was regiments, regiments. They would take turns. And then only one high priest, one high priest. It says here, he's our great high priest. <laughs> and so this, this, Levitical, this Levitical priest or this priest would go and represent, he would go... Every priest can go into the outer court, inner court, and then there was a, 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 uh, a, high, a high place. Yeah, the Holy of Holies. Thank you. The Holy of Holies. So you had outer court, inner court, then the Holy of Holies, and this priest was the only one to go into the Holy of Holies. And now the Bible says that he, the Bible says he has transcended the heavens. In other words, he has transcended outer court, inner court, and he is before the Father. Represent us. So when we're praying, he's praying, yet he is without sin. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace in the time of help. Number one, we need to realize this. Realize our great need for God's grace through Christ. We need Jesus. When you came to church and you gave your life to Jesus, it doesn't stop there. <laughs> Our relationship to the Father is through the Son. 
When Jesus died on the cross, the, the wall of separation, the veil of separation. See, this priest would go through the veil. When Jesus died, he transcended through the veil. <laughs> and a matter of fact, the Bible says that when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn down. There is no need for the veil. He made us all holy and acceptable before the Father that we can stand alongside him. I don't know why preachers don't preach about Christ and hear Christ in John 15, 5. He says, apart from me, you can't do anything. We are nothing without God. We will never be able to live a life God wants for us in our own flesh. We need to realize that without Christ, we can't do anything anything there's a desperate need for God's help and that should motivate us to come to him but number one we need to realize that our grave need for God's grace so it doesn't stop with me coming to the Lord Jesus Christ number two we need to acknowledge what Christ has done for us read the gospels read the gospels listen the second we, we, must, we must recognize is to acknowledge what Christ did for us. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 and 6, this is what he said. Surely he took our pain. He has borne our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. Let me put an inner note here. God did not punish him. We considered. See, look, read the Bible. This is where a lot of people think. Well, you see, God punished him. God turned his back on him. Look, read the Bible. Look what it says. Yet we considered we, look at, look at the Bible, look it up there. Do we got the magic thing here? Yeah, we got the magic screen. Look, look at the magic screen. Yet we considered him punished by God. We considered it. Not that God punished him. We, we look, go read the Gospels. Watch this. <clears throat> Stricken by him, afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that was, that was uh, brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The acknowledgement of what Christ has done for you is that he has made a space before the Father. He's made a space. What does is, what is Ephesians says? It says that we are seated in Christ Jesus. Do we have that scripture that I give you that in Ephesians 1.5? No. That we are seated in Christ Jesus. Christ took his place before the Father. He intercedes for us. He prays for us. He laments for us. He, you don't think that he's crying for the nations today. He cries for the nation. He cries for every child that is abused. He cries for every broken home. He cries for the violence, not only just in American streets, but all over the world. Jesus is our high priest, and, and, and he's made a space for us. He's made a way for us. And the Bible says that we have boldness without Fear without reluctancy, without secrets. Boldness without secrets that we can come before, before him. Listen, listen, he is our 
priest. Christ took our place at the cross. He became our high priest. He understands us. He intercedes for us. Hebrews 7.25, therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him. You come to God through Christ, since he always lives to intercede for them. What is Jesus doing right now? He's not sitting on a puffy cloud with Peter, James, and John playing David's harp. No, he is praying for us. <laughs> think about that, Jasmine, next time you think that nobody's praying for you. I'm not picking on you. I'm picking on Jasmine too much. Sorry, Jasmine. <laughs> Hebrews 725, therefore he is able to save completely those who come to God through him since he always lives and intercedes for them. Listen, the lament honestly and specifically names a situation or circumstance that is painful, wrong, or unjust. In other words, a circumstance that does not align with God's character, a circumstance, let me read that again, a circumstance that does not align with God's character and therefore does not make sense within God's kingdom. That's what lament does. I don't understand it, God, but I know this, that you are praying for me, so I'm going to be praying. I'm going to go into what we call a prayer closet. That's what we mean when we say a prayer closet. That's what Jesus meant when he said, when you pray, go into your closet. In other words, you have a, a, you have a responsibility. Watch this, watch this. You have a responsibility to be vocal before the Father, and there's nothing that you can say that will scare our high priest. So Jesus says, the writer says of the book of Hebrews, you can come boldly before the throne of God when you need grace and you need mercy, because there's nothing vocal that you can say that he has not already said to the Father. Did you hear what I said? There's nothing vocal that you have not said that he has not already confessed before the Father. You think you're the only one that's struggling in this world? <laughs> 7.8 billion people on this planet. Some of us are praying to the Lord God Almighty. One more prayer is not going to overwhelm him and burn him down. Don't shout me down because that was a really good statement right there. <laughs> he paid the penalty for our sins. That's what he did. He paid the penalty for our sins so that we could be forgiven and accepted for God. Quit picking up the, your sins and things that hold you back from God. He's already taken those things. You are a new creation. You are a new creature. You're made new. You're made new and you're in the image of God. And because of Christ, we can now come freely to God anytime, anywhere. And any way we honor Christ's finished work is by, and this is the way that we can honor Christ's work or finished work, is by enjoying, its, enjoying the privileges that God has offered to us through his son. <laughs> we have the ability to come to God without any reservation or shame. What's kept you? What's kept you from going to God? Seriously, what in your life are you shameful about? It's painful, ain't it? It's painful sometimes to say, I don't understand about Brian. 
it's funny that you even posted about that dog because yesterday I was thinking about that dog. I, I took her outside, Ladybug, and I was, I was looking at the little dog, little thing. She makes me mad. I mean, that thing has peanuts for brains. <laughs> and she almost got herself ran over. And I pulled it up and running across because I, I would think if she dies, I felt the pain of that. And I was getting angry with her, and I, I just felt the pain of that. It's painful to recall some situations and, and recall some of the mistakes, to recall some of the things that hold my life that, that I myself had caused pain to others and pain to myself. Nikki, sometimes I don't want to pray those things, but listen, there's nothing vocal. There's nothing that comes out of your mouth that God has not already heard because we have a great high priest who knows my weaknesses. <laughs> huh? Hmm. Number three, ask knowing that through Christ you will receive. <laughs> ask knowing that through Christ we will receive ask ask we don't pray I'm not talking about wishing I'm not talking about hoping I'm talking about an express prayer I'm talking about something that comes out of our mouth whether it's something personal or for a friend or for the world this week I was personal this week I was praying for the Middle East this week I was praying for our president this week I was praying for this school I was praying I, I was praying I was being I was being expressed I was asking God I was coming boldly for the throne of God the throne of grace the throne of mercy listen we must Remember that if we want to ask God for something, that we should have faith. And faith, watch this, faith is deeply rooted in the character of God and the faithfulness of Christ Jesus. He is faithful. He doesn't need a bathroom break. He doesn't need to check his status on Facebook to see if, if he got any likes on Instagram. That, that, or, or, or you think, you think, you, you think what's going on around this world? You think that God sweated 2020? <laughs> you, think, you think it, 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 it moves him? If it moves him, he moves with compassion. So we need to pray. We, need to, we ought to pray in faith, believing, come with boldness, without fear, freely. Without reservation, I'm coming to the throne of God. I'm praying for my friend. I'm praying for the school barn. I'm praying for Winnetonka High School. I, I'm, I'm praying for my job. I'm praying for my boss. I'm, praying, I'm doubly praying for my boss. I'm praying for those that I work with. I'm praying for Christie's family. I'm praying for my family. Where did I go? I go before the throne of God knowing wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly, that he's going to hear me. We don't see it manifest in the natural yet, but because of Christ, we are assured that what we ask according to his will is already ours. You know, when Paul wrote to the Ephesians, when he wrote to the Ephesians, five times he said, seated in heavenly places. He says, heavenly places. And, and what that expression, that genre, that's 
what he's speaking about is that there are heavenly realities that you need to manifest on the earth. He was making the connection between heaven and earth. This high priest that stands between the heavens <laughs> and represents us before God, there are some realities that we need to live. And so Paul tells the Ephesians, you've been seated in heavenly places. In other words, there are some manifestations, there are some blessings, there are some promises, there are some things that is taking place that are not yet real on this earth. And we are channels of those realities. There's realities in heaven and it to be realities here on earth. And let me tell you, when Jesus, in the book of Mark chapter 2, when he heals the man, you know what he did first? He forgave him of his sins. You're right, Brian. The, God put an order of first importance. We should know that. We should know that God put an order of first importance. And you know what Jesus said? Your sins are forgiven, knowing full will that he needed a physical healing. Jesus knew exactly. He had two eyes. He can see exactly who, what was in front of him. A sick man. But Jesus knew that he had a sick heart more than just two broken legs. And the, un the inability to walk. So what does Jesus do as God? He forgives his sins. Come on. And then he heals his physical body. Will you stand with me here this morning? I like what Mark said. Mark Waldrop, here's my last statement. When brokenness becomes your life, lament helps you turn to God. It lifts your head and turns your tear-filled eyes toward the only hope you have, God's grace. Did you hear me? Did you see that? Put it up there, Nikki. Is it up there? When brokenness becomes your life, I don't know if this is you. I don't know if this is you that are watching. But when brokenness becomes your life, lament helps you turn to God. Christy put it beautifully. If you haven't listened to last week's sermon, Christy did an amazing job. Lament helps you turn to God. It lifts up your head and your tear-filled eyes. Come on. So there's the only hope you have, God's grace. Will you do that here this morning? Will you do that in behalf of yourself? Will you do that as a father in heaven? Our Lord Jesus Christ, <laughs> oh, Father, I pray this word would explode this week. I don't know if they got it here today, but I pray they're driving down the street or walking at Walmart or IV or somewhere. And they're at their job, and then just let it explode, this word that I preached here today. Let it just explode in their hearts and their spirit. Everyone watching, everybody here, let a realization, a, what we would call revelation, and an, an insight reveal, open this word in a greater sense, just like Hebrews was trying to get across to his people. <laughs> oh, Father, we pray. Come on, Joe. Jesus.